Hi, my name is David Siegler and welcome to my podcast. Hi there, Team PSP, you property sourcing profiteers, anyone sourcing property for profit, for uh, putting together property for investors, putting together property portfolio for yourself. Anyone out there who's sourcing, profiting or working in property, this is the podcast for you. I'm delighted to be back with you again and I'm going to deal with a burning question. I've got a burning question this afternoon and I picked it up from one of my mentees during the week and actually it's a really good question and I don't think I've dealt with it so far. So the question is, David, if you're out there sourcing property for investors for a fee, that's what we do, team, and property sourcing profits. We are deal packaging. We are sourcing and getting paid for our services. So if you're out there sourcing property for a fee and you meet an investor, potentially, not an, not an investor yet, but you meet someone who uh, might want to work with you, might want you to put together a portfolio for them, you're going to meet them for the first time, what do you say? That's a really good question. Really, really good question. So let's go through it. Let's go through it. It's all about scripts. It's all about practicing what you're going to say before you meet them. Look, by the time you've done this 50 times, you're not going to have to practice what you say. You'll know what to say. Okay, but early days, one to 10, investor number one through investor number 10, you are going to have to practice it because Otherwise, it'll come out a bit clunky and you don't want to come out clunky, all right? Real world moment, team, right? You will come out clunky. The first few, you're going to come out clunky. Embrace it. Embrace your clunkiness. Do not hide it. Because the investor's going to know you're new. You're going to tell them that you're new. You're going to tell them up front you are new, okay? They're going to know. Uh, we're not um, leading anyone astray here. So let's put together a scenario where maybe... Maybe you've been to a property network meeting, you've gone out with your business card, you've sprayed your elevator pitch all over the room, you're looking for the money. Most of the people you meet are also looking for the money. I've been to that meeting. And finally, in the room, you find someone who seems to be kind of interested in what you're saying. Okay, you know, there might be some common ground. They might have some money. You haven't really nailed that down yet but they're interested in your property sourcing business so you arrange a further meeting let's have a cup of coffee see if we've got any common ground yes is tuesday lunchtime or thursday afternoon better for you give them a choice don't just give them one day or one time on one day because they might be busy right so give them a couple of choices. Ask a nice open question. Great. I would love to get together with you. Let's have a look at my diary. Uh, would Tuesday lunchtime or Thursday afternoon about four o'clock, which, which is better for you? Okay. It's not a yes, no answer, team. Very, very important. So you're there. You're going along to the meeting. It's all very exciting. You might have traveled across town, whatever. Um, it's taking you a bit of time to get there. You keep checking your phone in case they're texting you at the last minute to cancel, but they haven't canceled. That will happen too, team. Don't let that put you off. Happens to everybody. People do cancel. But here's the thing. Before you even get to the meeting, the fact that they haven't canceled is very interesting. Really, really interesting. What does that tell me? We're all busy. doesn't matter who you are, what you do, we're all busy. And if a potential investor has given up part of their working day to travel across town, they've had to travel as well, to meet you for how long is it going to be? 
it's going to be thick end of an hour by the time you've done all the pleasantries in and pleasantries out again. Uh, so they've given up an hour, hour and a half, maybe two hours of their working day. Why would they do that? If they're going to do that, they must have a reason for doing that. They're not just coming to have a cup of coffee with you because they like coffee and they like the look of you. They're not, right? That's not how it rolls. They're coming for a reason. So when you walk through the door and find them sitting there in the Costa Coffee or the hotel or wherever it is you've arranged to meet, the fact that they're sitting there is a really good sign because you know that they're there for a reason. They have a question that they're going to ask you to see if you can help them with their problem, whatever their problem is. There's something they want to talk to you about. You might not be able to help. That happens too, right? However, maybe you can help. So what do you do? First time investor, you get there on time, okay? You sit down, you do all the pleasantry stuff, you get the frothy soya-based cappuccinos in place, right? That's all organized. Don't knock them over on your laptop team. Definitely not. And um, you're getting into it now. You're getting into it. So the question, the number one question on my script, and I ask it every time, and as soon as I've asked it, I button my lip and stay quiet and just listen, is, well, great to see you, Mr. Investor, Mrs. Investor, whoever it is. How can I help? That's it. How can I help? And you do not say anything until the other party has spoken, okay? You get, it might be, an, might be an uncomfortable gap in the conversation. You might be hopping about from butt cheek to butt cheek, you know, desperate to say something because the pain of the silence is too great to bear. But don't, don't do it. How can I help? And just listen. Because what you've got to know, understand is the meeting is about them. It's not about you. Yeah, of course you want to sell them a house. And of course you want to earn a fee, right? But unless you understand that the meeting's about them, you're not going to get to that place. So they have a pinch point, a pain point, something they want to deal with in their lives, and you're going to help them with it. So what you have to do is find out what that is. You are fact-finding. This is a fact-finding meeting, right? Why? Why are they there? Why have they given up time? There has to be a reason. What is it? And usually it's quite straightforward because when you say, how can I help? And then go quiet, they know it's their turn to talk, right? And if they've got an issue, they'll start to talk about it. So usually it will be something like, oh, David, I've got 50 grand in the building society. I'm earning no interest. I'm worried that... Uh, you know, the ravages of inflation are taking its toll and um, I'd like to get into property. Or it might be, I've been getting emails, you know, from this training company, Progressive Property, and uh, they've got me interested in property, right? Years ago, I did a bit of property and it didn't end well, but, you know, I, maybe I'd, maybe it was my fault. Maybe I got it wrong. Oh, David, I'd like to know a bit more. You know, how can I make some money out of property? Can you find me, like, really good properties, so the, the conversation can open in several ways, okay? But don't forget the purpose of this conversation for you as a deal packager is to find out what they want and whether it's realistic for you to source it based on their situation. Because don't forget they're going to pay for everything. So what you need to do is you need to find out their hopes, their dreams, their aspirations, their exit strategy. You know, are they short-term, medium-term or long-term, right? Short-term in and out flips well, that's tough, to be honest. 
I'm gonna, just going to pause the subject for a moment, right? I'm, I'm coming back, don't you worry. But let's talk about sourcing flips. Personally, I struggle to source flips. I can't get interested in it because investors, inverted commas, and I don't think these are real investors, will tell you, oh, I've got loads of cash ready to buy flips and I want 20% net profit after all costs. So after everything's been deducted, not tax, I want 20% profit. Okay, deal packaging team, this is what I think about that. If I'm going to find one of them, I'm not going to sell it on for a few grand. I'm not. I'm going to get that project done myself. Because 20% on a half a million pound house is quite a lot of money, right? Uh, it's 100 grand. Even on a 100,000 pound house for a quick in and out, after all costs to produce a 20 grand profit, you know, that's quite tidy. Why would, I, why would I pass that on for three grand or five grand fee? And um, I find the people who want flips generally haven't got any money, right? That's a, that's a big generalisation, but they haven't got the cash to do it with. And you soon get on to talking about doing it with a buy-to-let mortgage. Do not do it with a buy-to-let mortgage. You know, bridging finance is where you want to be for that if you're going to do it. And uh, they're going to have to put some money in. So I'm going to park flips now and go back to the investor meeting. But I tend not to encourage investors to talk to me about flips. So if they're short-term property investors, flips, that is not something I'm desperately interested in doing. And I prefer really to show them another way. Just take them on a journey of what I do and what I actually do and how I serve my investors and uh, see if that appeals to them if that appeals to them we can have a different conversation so it's totally cool so what do they want how long do they want to do it their financial criteria what are they trying to achieve what do they need and and i get all sorts of different answers to this some people want to replace their income they will share pretty much what their income is and then you can put a plan together over the next two or three years i think that's very realistic to replace their income from property investing in property you can source the properties that will replace their income sometimes i get potential investors say they you know they're in a bit of a hurry they want to replace their income in the next three months well that's tough that is very difficult to do it depends how much their income is but in three months what how many properties can you acquire right one maybe two if you're lucky probably not going to replace their income in the next three months so we need to talk about it slightly differently okay Investors that say to me they want to do the buy refinance model, get all their money out because they've read somewhere that you can get all their money out. Here's the thing, right? In my experience in today's market, it's exceptional to get all your money out. I'm not saying it, I'm not going to say it can't be done. I'm not going to say it can't be done because I actually saw it done recently on a single let property and all the money was got back out again. But that's quite rare. You know, generally they're going to have to leave a bit of money in. And if they've only got 50 grand to start with, by the time you've done two or three deals, the 50 grand's going to be left in. You know, it's what happens to property people. We run out of cash, right? We put cash into property, we refinance. Uh, and if you do it too quickly, you're going to have to leave cash in. So um, if you're going to do buy, refurbish, refi, and leave the money in place, for a couple of years before you refi, that is realistic time frame. Now, in those circumstances, I'm going to say 
yes, you could probably get all your money back out. But if you're going to try and do it instantly in six to nine months, I think it is a challenge. Okay, so you are sitting with your potential investor. You've gone through the pleasantries. You've asked, how can I help? They've started to talk to you about their situation. You need to draw out about their situation. It's about them. This meeting's about them. You need to go away knowing exactly what it is they want you to do, right? And let's move on down that road. Because at some point, you listen, you listen, you listen, you listen, you listen. And as things slow down, you're going to have to present what it is that you do. Tell them that you source properties and provide happy investors with happy uh, investments, but you do it for a fee. You know, this is what you do for a living. You have to get paid, right? Is the investor happy to pay you for your services? That will prompt a conversation into what your fee structure is. Just tell them. So I tell them, single lets, five grand plus VAT. HMOs, anything from 10 to 15 grand. And the way we work it out is, and you can, you can pinch this, you can use these structures in your own business i'm happy to share the way we work hmos is we charge as a finder's fee the first four months gross rent that could be two and a half grand a month five bed all on suite hmo two and a half grand a month four months as ten thousand pound finder's fee plus ten percent of any of the refurb costs involved if you're going back to brick on one of those houses that could be 60 70 grand it could be might not be but whatever it is, you're in for 10%. So if it's 60 grand, there's another six grand. So on this particular HMO project, you're earning 10 plus six, 16,000 pounds. Service accommodation, I try and pitch it somewhere between single let and HMO. Because it's not a single let. You're getting multi-let returns on a single let property. You're not bashing walls about, you're just cosmetically bringing a single let property up to a really good standard so our guests will give us good reviews in the service accommodation unit okay but it's still going to be valued as a single let property and you're not going to get the uplift of a yield driven valuation in a service accommodation unit unless you're running it as SA for a couple of years right and and a lot of investors won't understand that so do not promise a business stroke yield based valuation on the serviced accommodation unit. Talk about bricks and mortar. The bricks and mortar value of the house doesn't mean we can't enhance the bricks and mortar value of the house just by cosmetically uplifting. You know, getting rid of the brown and magnolia, using 1399 square meter carpets at 399, right? Just using feature walls, just upgrading everything a little bit makes a heck of a difference. You can take it from the worst house in the street, cosmetically, and therefore it would have the lowest value in the street, to the best house in the street, cosmetically. I've recently done this in one of my own portfolio, one of my own. Uh, it was occupied for many years by an elderly couple who, you know, they were fine, they were great, they paid the rent, right? But eventually, I think it was Mr. Yeah, Mr. passed away, and Mrs. was left on her own in the house couldn't manage the stairs anymore very sad i get it but they had to move out thing is they've been in for 10 years we're both heavy smokers when i got the property back it was a mess in the sense that it needed complete cosmetic overhaul so i bit the bullet and i did it up it cost me seven and a half grand cosmetically just cosmetically to bring it up to a really nice standard for serviced accommodation 
But in spending seven and a half grand, I changed the value, the market value of the house. Because before I did it, it was probably the worst house in the street, this particular street, say 60 grand in uh, Grand Greater Manchester. By the time I finished, it was the best house in the street. We're pushing 90, 85 for sure, right? So by seven, spending seven grand on my own property, I brought it up to a really good value. So, you know, that we mustn't underestimate that as well. And it's not just about our properties. We can do this for investors. You need to paint the picture of what you can do for the investor. So we buy the worst house in the street and we turn it into the best house in into the street just with paint and paper and carpet. How cool. So you're getting an idea of what the investor wants. You're getting the idea of the pain point. They've got money in the building society and it's getting virtually zero interest and they're worried about inflation. They want to go into a bricks and mortar asset that will go up over time, can't promise when, and that it will cash flow even better in the short term. You know, if you can get net, 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 service accommodation unit, £750, £800 a month, and they're getting tuppence a month from the building society, you put them in a much better place. So what you do is really valuable. And now that you have to go on to the difficult bit of the conversation, right? Do they want to work with you? Why you? Why are you sitting there having coffee with them? I will ask that question, right? Because I don't mind what the answer is. Why, why, out of all the people out there in the property world, did you choose to sit down with me and talk about this? Are you talking to other people about this? Am I, am I, is this some sort of beauty parade or do you want me to work for you, right? Do you want me to put this portfolio together for you? Really, really important. Because here's what I can do for you, Mr. Investor. And then you have to tell them what you can do for them. So you can, we can build you, if you give me the resources to do it, I can build you a portfolio that over time you're gonna, it's going to serve you, it's going to make you wealthy, you can pass on as your legacy, you'll be really pleased. You know, we'll be sitting here in 25 years' time having another soya-based latte or whatever it is we're drinking, and we're going to laugh because the first time you met me, you didn't know where this was going to lead. But I've been able to put together this portfolio for you. Here's the thing, though, Mr. Investor. Do you want me to do that for you? You know, do you want to engage my services? I, you know, I, I do this for a living. That's what I want to do. Now, I'm going to pause here because what you've done so far is you've drawn out of the investor what they want, what they want, and you've started to paint the picture of what you can do. Now, it might be too fast to start drilling down at this point. And drilling down, I mean, questions like, are you going to pay me? You know what my fees are. Do you want me to work for you exclusively? Are you going to commit a certain amount of money? So if I find something, we're in a position to buy. Are you going to give me proof of funds? These are all questions you have to ask, okay? But it might be, depending on how it goes, and this is, this is my world stuff I'm sharing with you, I might not ask those very specific questions at the first meeting. I might not. I might if I think it's going really well. But everyone's different. Every investor is different. I find I am different with different people. You know, my personality seems to change. Is that just me? Or have I got people out there who feel the same way? So I might ask for a second date. I might. I might not, you know, get the money on the first date. Let's ask for a second date. What is a second date, David? So why don't you agree to me on patch where you're working as a deal packager. Maybe they could spend half a day with you 
driving around, maybe you could sort out a few viewings, even if you just started, right? Doesn't have to be stuff that you've done. It's stuff that you think will work, okay? So do not be afraid to set up a couple of estate agent viewings with your investor. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, but David, David, really? If I put my investor in the same room as my estate agent, they're just going to cut me out. Well, I'm not saying it's impossible. It can happen. I don't think it will. Depends on the geography. So if you met the investor in London and you're working in the north or you met the investor in the north and you're working in London, it's very unlikely they're going to go 100 miles, 200 miles. But also you have to have confidence in the relationship that you've built with the investor so far. So I wouldn't hesitate because I've not only got a great relationship with the uh, investor, I'm not daft, right? I would only introduce him to uh, or her to an estate agent that I've got a track record with, okay? So I've done business with that estate agent before, and that estate agent's not going to go behind my back because I can do one or two deals a month with them. They're not going to upset me and have me go over the road to the opposition, right? If you're not in that place yet and this is feeling a bit uncomfortable, I get it, I respect it, you will get here, right? But if you want to start off in a different place, that's cool. Let's talk about what else you can show them then to build your credibility because once an investor has spent a day with me on patch usually more than usually but not always i would say nine times out of ten if i spend a day on patch with an investor or half a day on patch with an investor by the time we've finished i have got it written in stone what we're going to do so the questions that i might have been embarrassed or felt was not ready to ask at the first meeting i've definitely asked at the second meeting by the time the second meeting's finished we've seen a couple of properties we've met again we've spent some eye to eye time i will come away with it confirmed from the investor that they want me to work for them they want me to source them properties i know the sort of properties that they want me to source and because I know the financial criteria they're trying to achieve, and they are prepared to pay me, and they know what my fee structure is. All of that is in place. And this stuff works, team. You can't tell me it doesn't work because too many people are out there doing it. You know, so um, I hope this helps. There's one other tool that you might want to put together. You could use it at the first meeting if you're struggling to find common ground to talk about so sometimes you know if the investor's a little bit short don't look sometimes i think we build the investors up as you know these giant beasts and we are we are humbly looking to ply our trade but sometimes investors aren't like that at all sometimes they can be a bit shy sometimes they might be a bit nervous about meeting us because they don't know who they're meeting so to give you some common ground for a conversation a brilliant tip I saw, and I'm going to give credit to Rob Moore because he, he posts this tip on the Progressive Forum two or three times a year. And I saw it and I've, I've run with it and I've, I've done it ever since. It's a great tool. What he says is put a portfolio together. Get yourself a folder. You can get them on Amazon. Um, Rob says get the nice leather-bound one. Right? I went plastic. You can still get them for $12.99, $14.99 on Amazon. You can. And um, when you open them, they've got clear polythene pockets so that you can put individually in each pocket a different deal, a different bit of paper, a different document, whatever. Now, 
If you're going to say to me, David, I'm at the beginning of my career, I haven't got anything to put in my pockets. Yes, you have, right? You've got all stuff about you. You know, you've been on the planet a certain amount of time. Who are you? What have you done? What's your background, be it corporate, whatever? Your training. Who are you working with? If you're working with me, I don't mind you saying you're working with me, right? Whoever you're working with, talk about them. Talk about what they do. Talk about the returns they get their investors. Talk about the fact they're working with you and they're coaching you and they can help move you forward, right? Then, whichever town or city you are in, print off from Rightmove a few sample deals that would work. Couple of single lets, couple of HMOs, couple of apartments or houses for serviced accommodation. This is the sort of thing, Mr. Investor, Mrs. Investor, that I can go and source for you. These are the numbers. These would be the numbers if we did these deals, right? These are not our deals, but they're just samples. They're sort of examples of what can be achieved. So put those in your portfolio. That's a really valuable tool. Take it to your first meeting. And if you get a little bit stuck, start talking about the items in your portfolio. I hope this has helped, right? Meeting number one with an investor, maybe meeting number two as well. Meeting number one and two, this is how I would do it. I think this is how you should do it. This stuff works. I hope it uh, really, really helps. And I'll see you again very, very soon. We're going to sell all of them. Thank you for listening. I am David Siegler. See you on the next episode.